Hey friends, it's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93, the Twin Tiers new Rock Edge, with another installment of True Crime Tuesday, episode number 61, The Unabomber. So before we divulge the Unabomber's real name and identity, let's flash back to the late 1970s, when on the morning of May 25th, 1978, a package was discovered in the parking lot of the University of Illinois in Chicago and bore the return address of a Northwestern University College professor, Buckley Christ. When the package was returned to its supposed sender, Christ contacted the police because he had never sent the package in the first place. When police officer Terry Marker opened the package, it exploded, causing minor injuries, and that would mark the first of many mysterious package bombs constructed by who we now know as the Unabomber. The second bombing occurred nearly one year later, on May 9, 1979, when a bomb concealed in a cigar box exploded, again at Northwestern University, injuring graduate student John Harris. The FBI became involved after the third bombing, which was in the cargo hold of a Boeing 727 traveling between Chicago and Washington, D.C. Luckily, a fault in the timing mechanism stopped the bomb from going off. However, the smoke it created caused an emergency landing allowing all of the passengers to depart the plane and survive. Otherwise, authorities said the bomb was enough to completely obliterate the plane if detonated. Now, the term Unabomber was coined by the FBI, shorthand for University and Airline Bomber, Unabomber, when they created a task force of FBI, ATF, and U.S. Postal Inspection Service members, which, at its peak, included more than 150 people working full-time to catch this yet nameless and faceless killer. After intense examination of the evidence, the task force had pieced together several theories. First, they were confident that the bomber was most likely male, although they did explore several female suspects, and they believed the person was raised in or near Chicago, and may have also lived further west, possibly in the Salt Lake City or San Francisco areas. Now, the major break in the case came in 1995 when the Unabomber sent a 35,000-word essay to the FBI explaining its motives. The FBI eventually published the essay, hoping someone could identify who wrote it. After being published in the Washington Post, thousands of people believed they knew the identity of the writer. But one person in particular stood apart from the rest. David Kaczynski, who said his older brother Ted fit the profile and had a similar writing style to the manifesto printed in the newspaper. Now, Ted was born May 22, 1942, to working-class parents in the Chicago area. Ted was incredibly smart, even as a child, with an IQ of 167, a certified genius. Incredibly smart, but lacking social skills, Ted was bullied through much of his grade school years and kept mostly to himself. He eventually skipped the 6th and 11th grades, graduating high school at the age of 15. Ted Kaczynski received a National Merit Scholarship to Harvard in 1958 and started at the prestigious Ivy League school at the age of just 16. Now, during his sophomore year, Ted volunteered to participate in an experimental study led by Harvard psychology professor Henry Murray. The study was described as a purposefully brutalizing psychological experiment where students were asked to write essays outlining their personal experiences, beliefs, and aspirations. These essays were then given to other people whose responsibility it was to use the content of the essay to confront its author, using, as Murray put it, vehement, sweeping, and personally abusive attacks against the person. Now, these sessions were filmed and then replayed for the victim over and over 
and that experiment lasted three entire years. Nearly 200 hours of someone randomly approaching young Ted Kaczynski once per week and relentlessly mocking and belittling him. Something that, no doubt, had a profound lasting effect on young Ted Kaczynski. Extremely intelligent and socially reserved and likely suffering from some degree of psychological damage, Ted graduated with a bachelor's degree in mathematics from Harvard in 1962 with an incredible GPA of 3.12. Soon after, he began studying at the University of Michigan, where he received his master's in 1964 and doctorate in 1967, although his first school of choice was the University of California at Berkeley, which would be the target of several of his bombings. Now, without many friends to speak of, Ted buried himself in his schoolwork. Several of his college professors even said that he was much more focused on his work than some of his peers. One professor, Alan Shield, says it's not enough to say he was smart. He was the best man I've ever seen. And shortly before graduating with his doctorate, Ted Kaczynski struggled with his identity, even experiencing intense sexual fantasies of becoming a woman. He even considered gender reassignment surgery in 1966 and was scheduled to meet with a psychiatrist but changed his mind in the waiting room, threatening to kill the psychiatrist and other people he hated, marking the incident as a major turning point in his life. Later saying, I felt disgusted about what my uncontrolled sexual cravings had almost led me do, and I felt humiliated, and I violently hated the psychiatrist. Just then, there came a major turning point in my life, and like a phoenix, I burst from the ashes of my despair to a glorious new hope. And with his newly found purpose in life, Ted became an acting professor at UC Berkeley, teaching mathematics, although he was not necessarily well-liked by his students often criticized for teaching straight from the textbook and refusing to answer questions. He eventually resigned his position on June 20, 1969. After leaving academia, Ted Kaczynski moved in with his parents for a brief time before moving to a remote cabin in the woods outside of Lincoln, Montana in 1971. There, Ted lived an incredibly simple life in a small 10-foot by 14-foot cabin with little money, no electricity, and no running water. He worked a series of odd jobs and received most of his financial support from his family. He stayed at the cabin surrounded by nature's beauty and became more and more agitated as the land around him was being developed. Now, starting in 1975, angry at the real estate developers around him for destroying the natural landscape, he sabotaged several housing developments that were being built, booby-trapping them and even setting several fires. Now, authorities believe that the time spent in the woods gave Ted Kaczynski a deep appreciation for nature, which was probably borderline obsession, with wood in particular. Because wood became a common theme in several of his later bombings, he would often put bits of tree branches and bark inside of his bombs, including the bomb that exploded in May 1985, injuring graduate student and United States Air Force Captain John Hauser, who lost four fingers and was blinded in one eye. Then in late 1985, a bomb loaded with nails and splinters was disguised as a package left in a parking lot in Sacramento, California, where it killed a 38-year-old computer store owner who attempted to open it. Another attack happened in Salt Lake City, Utah, February 20, 1987, where a bomb disguised as a piece of lumber exploded, injuring Gary Wright as he attempted to remove it. Now, the bomb sent over 200 pieces of shrapnel into Gary's body, some of which severed the nerves in his left arm. However, this time... Someone saw Ted Kaczynski plant the bomb, and that person immediately alerted the police, who described the man in a hooded sweatshirt with a mustache and glasses, as depicted in the now infamous police sketch. Now, the trail went cold for nearly six years, until Kaczynski mailed a bomb to the home of Charles Epstein, 
a researcher at UC San Francisco who lost several fingers when the bomb went off. Another was sent to David Galertner, a computer science professor at Yale who lost an eye, part of his right hand, and the hearing in one ear as a result of that explosion. One of Kaczynski's final bombings was to Thomas Mosser, an executive at the PR firm Burstyn Marsteller, who was killed by the explosion, and Kaczynski later admitted that the attack on Mosser was a revenge killing for the firm's work trying to repair the damage of the ExxonMobil company after the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989. And the final bomb, April 24, 1995, was targeting Gilbert Brent Murray, president of the then California Forestry Association, a timber lobbying group in favor of logging and deforestation, something Kaczynski obviously was wholeheartedly against. Now, later that year, Ted Kaczynski mailed several letters to various media outlets demanding that they print his 35,000-word essay titled Industrial Society and Its Future, suggesting the bombings would stop if his demand was met. And the Washington Post later published the essay September 19, 1995. Now, linguistics experts used the Unabomber Manifesto, as the FBI referred to it, to compare these writings submitted by Ted Kaczynski's younger brother, David. And experts noted that both sets of writings contained the same phrases, punctuation, and some unusual spellings. They connected the dots and finally found their man. So on April 3, 1996, FBI agents raided Kaczynski's cabin in Montana, where they found Ted himself, along with a stockpile of bomb-making supplies, 40,000 handwritten journal pages detailing his bomb-making experiments and descriptions of his crimes, as well as one live bomb that hadn't yet made it to its destination. In total, Ted Kaczynski killed at least three people and injured 23 others between 1978 and 1995 and it's estimated that the Unabomber investigation cost nearly $50 million. Kaczynski stood trial and was indicted on June 1996 on 10 counts of illegally transporting, mailing, and using bombs. Shortly after, Ted attempted suicide but was unsuccessful, eventually pleading guilty to all 10 charges on January 22, 1998. He's currently serving eight consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. And as of December 14, 2021, Ted Kaczynski was transferred to the Federal Medical Center in Butner, North Carolina, where he currently resides to spend out the remaining days at the age of 79. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday story, episode number 61, the story of Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Join me each week for more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We'll see you next time.